This is the Punk and Piledrivers Podcast with your host, Big Bad Boris. We are back for another exciting, entertaining, and informative edition of the Punk and Piledrivers Podcast. My name is Big Bad Boris, and I'm joined by somebody that I've become a big fan of over the past few years, uh, Mr. Jack Pride, JP. What the hell's going on, man? Uh, not a lot. Just hanging out, waiting to talk to you. I've been uh, I've been seeing everybody's on your podcast, and I was waiting for the invite, and it, it just never came until I bugged you for it. Well, we talked at the at the Love Show a couple of weeks ago, and I honestly thought that I had already had you on, and then I realized, holy shit, I hadn't, and then I felt really bad about it. <laughs> no, that's okay. I'm just teasing. It's uh. I am. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. Right on. So I want to jump right into a couple of things. Um, I met you. You you were like, again, I live in my PWA bubble. I don't really know what's going on in the world. And I kind of regret not paying more attention to, to things because there's a lot of really great people that I didn't meet until they came into the PWA. But you came into the PWA and I talked to MRV about you and he said that you were good. And, 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 you know, he was happy to have you coming in and, and I met you at the first show and I thought this guy's a really cool guy. And if this guy can work, then I'm on board. And you came in and you blew my doors off with your first match. So, uh, that is how I first met you. But I remember the first time I saw you, I tagged along with MRB to go to a CWC show in Red Deer. And I'm 99% sure you were on that show. Uh, I don't know much about that company. Are they still around? Uh, well, first, uh, thank you for the kind words. Wow. Uh, appreciate that. That was a really fun, fun, very first match in PWA. And I'm glad that uh, I met expectations and outdid them. Um, as far as the CWC, uh, unfortunately, no longer around. Uh, I think it was 2019. What, like 2018, 2019? I can't remember. But anyways, uh the former owner of CWC sold off to uh, sold parts of the company to force and parts to RCW. Oh, okay. Cause I remember they had a nice ring and a nice entranceway and a really, really like, like good guardrails and like the actual physical presentation I thought was really good. Yeah, that was uh, <clears throat> that was a big thing that we were striving for uh, when, because CWC was only around for not even five years uh kind of just like this wonderful little flash in the pan um but yeah like so our big thing was we didn't have the names like we didn't have a heavy metal we didn't have a michael richard blaze we didn't have like we were starting from completely scratch so we had no names so our thought was well if we can't wow them with the card off the bat let's wow them with our presentation and we even had we had uh, guardrails made. Uh, we had the quote unquote steel steps. We had those made. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the entranceway with uh, like a our version of a Titan Tron that we used uh, throughout the show. Even uh, so, yeah, we really aimed to knock it out of the park with our presentation. Well, that's something that Paul Heyman actually said on on the uh, the rise and fall of ECW DVD that always stuck with me. You know, you, you know, you enhance what you do best. So you can't compete with them with, with, you know, like he was saying how they couldn't compete with WCW's production and, and, and lighting and, and WCW's budget. And so let's go, you know, let's make it gritty and down and dirty and let's enhance what we do in the ring. So, you know, you, 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 you camouflage the, the negatives and enhance the positives. 
yeah and then and so yeah we just we won the fans over and they they got that connection with us and basically turned our roster into because we cwc ran out of the red deer out of red deer we did one show in sylvan and a few shows in black Vault, so right on that same area and yeah so we we turned our our roster into like the homegrown heroes so it worked out really well that's awesome. Now, I want to talk about your, your, your character, your gimmick, if you will. Uh, although I find sometimes the term gimmick is a little outdated because to me, gimmick's more like I'm a plumber or I'm an accountant. But uh, uh, you do something really, really, really unique in terms of, of the split personality. Uh, how did you kind of arrive at this? And has it been a challenge to kind of uh, to see this evolve into what it is now and how you've approached it? Uh, so originally... Uh, this whole idea was born out of me being fed up with seeing people uh, posting promos online. And you get someone post a promo on a Monday and they're working for company X as a babyface. And it's this awesome babyface promo. And then two or three days later, they're working for company Z and they're cutting a heel promo. And it's like, well, like it, it just, it was one of those things that, it always, always bothered me and it bothered me to have to do. So I tried to think of a way that I could still fulfill my duties to different companies where I was a baby face or I was a heel, uh, but have it seem all coming from the same place. So I was like, well, I'll just turn it into a split personality thing um, because that was coming off the heels of when I... So when I first started, I was Jack Pride, babyface. Uh, fast forward, had a hair versus title match that I lost, and that caused a fracturing of Jack Pride's mind, and I became Pride and was a notorious heel. And so then I was kind of hitting this point where I was uh, going for a switch back to babyface and trying to figure out new ways to do it, but I didn't want to give up being a heel either. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was just kind of a combination of all that. It was like, I get to, like, even when companies book me as a baby face, I still get to work in a little bit of being a heel every now and then. So it's, <clears throat> it's really given me a lot of freedom in that sense. Uh, but it's definitely had uh, its tricky moments because like, I have nothing against comedy gimmicks and people who like to have fun and joke around in the ring but that is not something I want to become known for. And so trying to straddle that line uh, of being able to have fun, be lighthearted, but still be taken seriously. I think that's been the hardest part for me so far. Yeah. You mentioned uh, like working heel and baby at the same time. The thing that always jumps out at me uh, of that is many, many years ago, uh, CM Punk and Raven were having a brutal blood feud in Ring of Honor while simultaneously tagging in, in, in TNA, which I always thought was funny. But you talk about like the serious thing turning into a comedy thing, and that kind of makes me think of Danhausen. Because when that, if you like do some research and some stuff and you look into the origin of Danhausen, obviously great, you know, comedy, fun gimmick, but when it started out, it was dark as fuck. And there's some really, really old, creepy Danhausen promos you should go find because they're yeah. incredible. Yeah, and so, yeah, and even too, like in that same sort of vein, uh, well, sort of, uh, Santino, uh, he was, he's a tremendous wrestler in the ring, but he landed that Santino gimmick as 
his career went on, it got jokier and jokier and jokier until it was almost like right towards the end of his run with WWE fans started to remember like, Oh yeah, this guy can wrestle. So they really started to get behind him and he got like that kind of mini push that he teased almost winning an elimination chamber. Like, I remember uh, that because I was one of the very, very few pay-per-views I went to to the movie theater to watch. And they I they they had me buying in because for for a, more than a split second, I was like, holy shit, they're gonna have Santino in the chamber. Yeah, uh, like and so that was that was nice because I've always been a Santino fan. I loved his stuff. Uh when he was with Beth Phoenix, when he was uh trying to beat the uh honky donkey man's intercontinental <laughs> title run like that whole era of santino i loved that so much so it was nice to see things towards the end of his run him at least get a, a glimmer of like here it almost was you know yeah so what are some of the challenges that you faced with this character because i think <sighs> this is something that i found uh as as i've gone through my my kind of indie wrestling career and and especially doing the commentary is sometimes i think some of the guys and and i'm not like trying to cut anybody down but they tend to do some things that are very very nuanced and, and that may not come across the way they're thinking of and like i think sometimes the fans they don't necessarily need to be hit over the head with something but it's more like like well i'm gonna use this move that i beat this guy with two years ago in this match i'm like no one's gonna remember that you know and i think sometimes things can be a little bit nuanced and that might be a bit of a pitfall of this character do you find that uh i did when i was first starting to run the character because i would reference back to things i had done even honestly like doing this character uh in pwa or even rcw i would reference back to my days in CWC. And unfortunately, if you weren't in that bubble, not tons of people ever really knew or know to this day about CWC, uh, at least not enough to know the stories. So when I was first putting this gimmick together, I would reference back to stuff I had done because to me, that was fresh. To everyone else, they had no friggin' idea yeah. what it was. And a lot of my stuff fell on deaf ears or got, you know, half-hearted reactions. And, and you thought it was going to go over like crazy. <laughs> yeah. I like, and once I've started to kind of like relax a little bit and be okay, being uh, a little more basic, uh, I've found that the reactions are a lot easier to come by. Yeah, you're one of the more challenging guys for me to call matches for. And that's why some like I like sometimes like that one love show you you came and you talked to me about certain things to look out for because I always want to make sure that I'm not calling, you know, I'm not talking about the pride when you're doing the jack and vice versa. And it's challenging, like in a fun way for me to make sure that I'm getting this all right. And I hope that I'm doing that for it. Uh yeah, and I've been really appreciative and like that's uh so I don't want to, well, unfortunately, I'm going to slightly speak ill of somebody, but no names. Uh, there have been people, several who have done commentary in the past that never really took the time to want to get to know anything about the character, about what I was doing. Because even, and so when I would give notes, it would kind of fall on deaf ears. But with you, you're so good at what you do uh, and you care about what you're doing. I felt like I could go give you some cues and you would take that and make something of it. And you did. I couldn't be more happy with what you've done for helping me get this character over. 
Well, the way I, I I see it is if you like care enough or you're putting in the work to do something like this, that's really cool. It would be a, a you know disservice and disrespectful for me to not do the same. Anyway, Mutual Admiration Society away. We're going to go to your first track. Uh, of course, those of you who are new to the Punk and Potters podcast, I love wrestling. I love music. I like to have my guests pick a couple of songs that they like and play them because I think it's cool to get everyone's take on music. You picked a couple of bands, actually, that I really like, so I'm really excited. Uh, the first song you picked is a song called DJD by a band called the transplants that have some really really cool shit uh tell me about this song and why you picked it uh this so i tried to pick my two songs one is this song transplants this is a jack song uh this is something like if i want to get pumped up uh it's a really good one for me in the gym it's just like lyrically uplifting too um but big thing behind why i love the transplants is i was a huge Rancid fan growing up. Used to listen to And Out Come the Wolves with my dad on cassette. Nice. And uh, my, my other, my all-time favorite band is Blink-182 and Travis Barker uh, drums for the Transplants. So this mm-hmm. is like my punk upbringing and my favorite band, they'll be at their pop punk, them married together. Like the Transplants are just like a perfect pick for me. Right. Uh, All right, so we're going to throw to that song right now. This is DJ DJ. This is the Transplants on the Punk and Paw Drivers podcast. Nobody move, nobody get hurt, they said. Make one wrong move, man, you wake up dead. I exercise my lyrical style instead. Lord, why you're dead and gone and forgotten, I said. Uh, Are they going to come back for you? Nah, I'm a story, sorry, but true. Lord, if you really want them to go, nah, all you saw goddamn cold.
worst fucking day to my best fucking night Bet my last red cent that you couldn't stand the sight From lots of loved ones to life of your funds They counted me out for what? I'm not done Give me a chance to shine and I'ma blind the world Take your stand and be the voice of those who cannot be heard We're gonna make it all We don't need anyone Lord knows we don't need you That is DJ DJ. That is the transplants on the punk and proud of his podcast. And one thing that I mentioned actually maybe too much when you wrestle is I think you've got one of the best theme songs uh, in, in independent local wrestling. Uh, I love the Deftones. Uh, you use change in the house of flies, but you use a really, really cool remix that I can't really find. Cause I wanted to actually find that and put it on my Spotify, but I don't know where to find it, but where did you come across that? Cause it's so good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so where I came across it, I was honestly, uh, when I, so I talked about how the Jack Pride character's mind fractured and I became Pride. Uh, that's when I changed to Deftones. Um, oh, what did you use before? Uh, my very first intro was It's So Easy by Guns N' Roses. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a I like too. Yeah, I try and pick uh, songs, not just songs I like, but songs that the lyrics tie into whatever my character kind of is doing at the time. Uh, so it's so easy. I was a fan favorite and like everyone cheered me. It's like, get a nice song to get you pumped up. And then big heel turn, complete like 180 as far as my character. Uh, so I went with a change. And so then once the character changed some more. I toyed with a couple other uh, intro themes until I came across just on YouTube. Honestly, I just typed in Deftones remixes and I think it's the high top kicks remix. No, you think that's right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I have to break your heart a little bit, Boris. Uh, I'm for So the last love show, uh, love pro wrestling Four. uh, uh, there was a technical difficulty, so they played uh, my Deftones intro, but I'm actually in the midst of changing my intro theme from henceforth. Oh, I know. Can you tell us what it is, or are we saving that for later? Uh, well, it was supposed to happen uh, at the last... Like, yeah. So I, I tried to save. I got the brand new coat. I did brand new light-up coat, uh, brand new intro theme kind of like workshopped a whole new look to debut for that show mm -hmm. uh, and so the intro theme is uh looking down the barrel of a gun by the beastie boys which is okay also a banger of a song now it's funny you mentioned like music uh, uh like fitting in with things and, and not to make this about me but when i soundly defeated andy anderson in 2018 uh <laughs> my theme music that night was i believe in miracles by the ramones because it would have been a miracle if i would have won and i did uh, anyway <laughs> speaking of light up jacket i want to talk about the very first clandestine show you're obviously a big big fan of chris jericho and, and you and uh, if i'm correct me if i'm wrong but it was you and davio doyle did the uh the imitation game correct that's correct yeah whose idea was that honestly i can't even completely remember that whole, like, much like several of the matches on that card, 
it all started as just like kind of a joke. Uh, I think uh, O'Doyle and I were talking about how we wanted to, like him and I have been wanting to get a singles match for forever uh, up to that point. And <clears throat> it kind of was just one of the, like we were talking about it and then it was, oh, oh, hey, Jericho's your guy, right? And I was going on about Jericho and it was, like, he tells me Batista's his guy and we're making jokes. Oh, and then it was kind of just like, oh, what if we wrestled like, you know, oh, I'd love to dress like Jericho one time, come down to the ring. And it just kind of like we went back and forth about how much we really uh, were into our favorite wrestlers and just how cool it would be to be able to emulate them on a certain level. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of snowballed from there. At one point, we were just going to do just entrances. And then it was going to be oh we will do entrances and maybe do like a promo as them and then it was just like (laughs) well let's just full-on whole meal deal do intros entrances i did a promo and we wrestled as them and everything tried to get in some like famous uh like more well well known jericho spots and batista spots uh (laughs) somebody actually thankfully in the crowd that very night uh they yelled at me go back to toronto (laughs) <laughs> which allowed me to snap back. I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot, which I that just made my heart so happy. <laughs> I wonder if he ever heard about or saw that or had any inkling of that at all. I it'd be, it'd be funny to get his opinion on it, good, bad, or ugly, you know? Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah, that would be <laughs> I and I definitely tweeted it out at him a whole bunch and like tried to really bug at him on social media, but I yeah, I would love to know if he ever did see it though. So what about Jericho makes him your guy? Uh, so back in the day, like I was, uh, I was a WCW guy growing up, which is and, very interesting because there's not many people from around these parts that were. Yeah, uh, it was. I used to watch wrestling with my grandma growing up, and Hogan had jumped ship, and she Hogan was like the be all end all for my grandmother. <laughs> so. We watched like we watched all wrestling, but we didn't miss WCW. And so I, even back then, I never liked Hogan. He's uh, just like that big, over the top, like just his wrestling style never appealed to me. Mm-hmm. But the big, the great thing about WCW is most people tuned in for the cruiserweights and stuck around for Hogan. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, that's what it was for me. The cruiserweights, like everything going on back then. And obviously that was Jericho in there, Malenko, Psychosis, like Mysterio back then. Like that whole division was just wild. And I remember just being completely enamored with it as a kid. Uh, but what set Jericho apart uh, was his promos. Just like the stupid Jericho conspiracy promos are just tremendous, but bad all the same time or his, all his stupid looks. Like it just the little dumb stuff that set him apart from everybody. Just it all, all landed with me. One of the best moments, honestly, I think in Nitro history is him doing the list of a thousand and four holds, and then they go to <laughs> they go to commercial and they come back and he's still doing it. Uh, and even uh, like he and and like no disrespect to Dean Malenko because Dean Malenko was a fantastic, amazing wrestler, but not exactly a charisma machine. But also yeah. that that I don't know if it was pay per view or if it was on TV when they did that cruiserweight battle royal and 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 Malenko was dressed as Cyclope and he took the took the mask off and he got a massive pop. Like all that's due to like a lot of you know Jericho's work. Absolutely, like very uh, he, like 
I wonder how that division would have looked without him because, yeah, they could all wrestle. Like like you said, like nothing against Malenko or like Mysterio, Psycho, like any of those guys could all wrestle circles around most of the guys on the roster, but kind of charisma vacuums and Jericho wasn't. And him being just like that outspoken over the top POS that he was being made people pay attention more so yeah he gave it personality and and it yeah. kind of reminds me a, a sort of of you in a way jericho has constantly reinvented himself over the years and that's something you've been kind of doing as well yeah i try and uh like that i try and emulate jericho in that way because if you look at his he reinvents himself but it's all just the evolution of jericho and he never he's always been chris jericho like he's never been anything else. Like even it's popping into my head. Like Triple H is another guy who showed a nice evolution. But even like his first gimmick, the Blue Blood Hunters Helmsley, like eh, it's kind of like yeah. I don't know. It's different to me. Like Jericho, just it was always Chris Jericho, and it's just versions of him. And so even though I'm doing something that's you know a little bit more over the top kind of thing, it's still all just versions of jack pride right awesome let's talk about the last love wrestling show and you getting a chance to work with von vertigo how was that i really enjoyed that match uh that was really fun uh i really enjoyed that um he was well on paper he was supposed to be my first uh like you know bigger name coming from somewhere else talent um there was some nerves in there for me but the second i got talked to him it's like oh yeah like we're just peers and we're both we're both good at what we do and it was uh just an all-around great experience and being in the ring with him was awesome like i was able to uh yeah even just having that match was able to pull things out of it so i can be better and yeah just nothing bad to say about that whole experience yeah i chatted with him for a few minutes uh in the locker room and he seemed like a good dude and it was funny because i knew there was the dusty finish but i forgot so when you won the so when you won the belt, I think I might was extra like surprised. I was like, oh shit, they put the title. And then and then when the brass knuckles fell, I was like, oh right. So it's almost like you, got a, you almost got like a legit reaction out of me in kind of an interesting way. And, and he told me something funny in the locker room, and I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. And if he does, Mister Vertigo, I apologize. But he was Matt Jackson in Dark Side of the Ring, which I think is super cool. Yeah. Uh, so funny enough, uh, my my best friend, she had met him. Uh, he had did a show out in BC and she had met him and she was yelling at him, calling him Walmart, Matt Jackson. And <laughs> he actually like went and talked to her after the show and told her that same story that he did indeed play Matt Jackson. So when I released my promo on him for the LPW show, I made sure to call him the Walmart, Matt Jackson, just to get that in there one more time. <laughs> The funny thing is I can't remember which Dark Side of the Ring had AEW guys in it. Which Dark Side of the Ring episode would Matt Jackson have been in? Yeah, that's what it, like maybe a new, like one for the new season. I don't think they filmed anything else though. Maybe I'm missing something no. super, super obvious in my. Like, yeah. Cause I feel like I've seen it, but I can't remember where, like what episode. I'm sure like there's 150 people yelling at their phones right now telling which yeah. one it is, but that's okay. Uh, I want to quickly go through the basics just because I'm curious who trained you and who was first match. Oh, uh, well, I am, uh, I'm still, 
That's such a difficult question for me. Who trained you? Uh, I got like when I first broke into wrestling, it was a lot of blind leading the blind. Um, the CWC guys, we had a few people making like weekly trips up to Monster Pro and then coming back. And the guys that weren't training with Monster Pro would just train with those guys and because yeah i up. had heard and i'm not trying to like say anything negative or tell tales out of school but i had heard that there was some folks uh, on that company that were not necessarily trained and i don't know if that's true or not that i'm not like trying to disparage anybody by any stretch of the imagination oh yeah like that was the big knock against cwc is the level of training but we all eventually did get more training and we all did get better we weren't maybe the first two or three shows were a little iffy but after that we were we were all putting in work to be better but uh yeah so i kind of i had maybe six months uh at mpw i moved to edmonton briefly uh so i got about six months there and then after that it was mostly just like on job stuff you get like before shows talking to guys getting guys watching your matches that kind of stuff uh, I've done seminars at tons of shows, did a couple sessions with Lance. Yeah, so most recently, just before COVID shut everything down, uh, I was uh, training uh, at Top Talent. So Okay. I uh, Yeah, I'm kind of a mutt that way, I guess. But there's a lot of, of that around here, and I think that's cool. I mean, you learn different perspectives from different people, and you're always learning. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, I because like i'm cognizant that i never went to like a dedicated school went through like dedicated you do all these things and then you come out the other end and you're a professional wrestler so I, because i never did that uh whether or not i actually needed to or not i am always paying attention when people are talking about wrestling mm -hmm. or about matches and things like that i'm always trying to because I like it's one of those things. It's just like it's an insecurity in me. I didn't go to wrestling school, so I feel like I'm a step behind everybody. So I try and be a step ahead. If that makes sense. No, you absolutely does make sense. But you're not a step behind anybody. You are absolutely fantastic in the ring. Uh, we're gonna go to your second song because I have no idea how much time we have left because stupid Zoom sucks and somebody should sponsor me. Anyway, uh, <laughs> your next song is uh, by a band that I love. I've loved for a long time. Maybe not necessarily as much of the new stuff, just because it's it's getting a little little uh, inaccessible artsy fartsy for lack of a better term but nine inch nails i love this is a track called somewhat damage which i believe was the first track off cd2 of the fragile why did you pick this song other than the fact that it's awesome uh this is a this is a pride song so this is a song that i absolutely will listen to if i'm about to do uh like promos as pride uh i will throw this on and it just puts me into a real like uh me against the world headspace uh it's a very deliberate like i love this song i really uh actually i got into nine inch nails because of their newer stuff really? and then and then it was then i started listening to the back catalog and i was like oh wait this is good and I, i'm of the same belief now like their newer stuff is like uh get rid of that but like all the old stuff i love it and, if i may uh, ask how old are you i know you're you're quite a bit younger than me i'm quite sure uh, uh, 34. Okay, so not as not as young as younger than me than I thought. But yeah, okay, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this is just one song. Like I love. Like it musically is great. Uh, another one that lyrically uh, is just such a well put together song. Uh, I don't think Trent Reznor gets enough credit for just how good he actually is. Like this song is just like 
yeah, this song is just great. <laughs> right on. All right, this is Nana Schnells. This is Somewhat Damaged on the Podcast Podcast. podcast. It's Nails on the Punk and Potter podcast. I have got Boris with Jack and Pride. Um, I love asking about first matches because first matches are usually either a, you know, I'm really happy with how that turned out or that was a gigantic abortion. So how was first match? 
And who was first match? Uh, there's there's two versions to that answer. There is the I. The first time I broke into wrestling was long before. It was about six years before I ever actually started wrestling. Okay. Uh, um, it was horrendous. I went to a show uh, <laughs> to watch a buddy, uh, and I like I traveled up with him, and somebody ended up getting hurt. And he's like, hey, did you want to wrestle tonight? I was like, what? Uh, I have zero trainings. Like, that's okay. So we did about two and a half, three hours crash course before the show. And I wrestled a triple threat match against, it was, I didn't even, I can't even remember what I was billed at. It wasn't Jack Pride. uh, Against uh, Damian Angel and Sean Martins. And it was not good. I think it was a five-minute triple threat elimination match that I lasted two minutes in before they're like, we need to get you out of here. But this sounds uh, like a terrible idea. No, it was a bad idea. It was <laughs> like the promoter that was putting together that show, uh, like people want to talk ill about the promoters running around now. This guy had no business being near a wrestling ring. <laughs> It that's, was bad. That's crazy. And not even just from a, this is going to be a bad match perspective, but more from a, this kid can get hurt perspective. Yeah. Like there's just there's nothing good about it, but that's got me enough of the bug that I started mm-hmm. like poking around to try and get trained places. And uh, then my first uh, kind of like real match, I've had some training, I think was uh Trying to, th- I can't remember. It might have been Sean Martin's again, though. Like way, way back in the day when it, him and I were first really getting into it. Uh, that one would have been a lot better. There would have been a lot of some passable structure there. Uh, <laughs> probably to watch it back now could probably yeah. solidly give it a two or a three out of ten. <laughs> oh, I get that too. I listened back to when I first started commentating. I'm like, oh my god, how did anybody let me do this? so where do you see yourself as jack pride in the next couple years Ooh, that's uh i would love to be able to see jack pride getting back out of alberta Mm -hmm. uh i would i'm really i've had two different opportunities to go to bc and both times shows got canceled on me so i'd love 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 to get out into I've seen what they're doing with NEW and with WrestleCore. Yeah, they got quite a scene going on. Like, I want to go up there too. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, like everybody wants on that show as well. I am absolutely on that list. Uh, but I'd also love to get back out uh, to Winnipeg, get back to uh, uh, Winnipeg. What's it called? Winnipeg Pro Wrestling. Sorry, mm-hmm. Jesus. Uh, <clears throat> would love to get back on one of their cards. Um, if PCW starts back up, wouldn't mind going back out there. Just kind of. And maybe, you know, honestly, like, would love to see just all of Canada in a wrestling capacity. So out in Ontario or out in the Maritimes, I know there's a, it seems like there's a lot more wrestling going on once you get out east than yeah. there is really out here. And so, well, I will co sign for anybody who wants to, to book Jack Pride because, uh, uh, uh super talented um give us all of your socials and and some maybe so if you got some bookings coming up where people can see it uh what is oh you, uh, you just got on do you just was it was it instagram you just got on or twitter you just got on uh, i just came back to twitter i've been off twitter for just about four years now i think uh and so yeah i i bit the uh, 
it was made uh, apparent to me that if you want to get anything over in wrestling, you need to do it on Twitter. So uh, MRB has yet to steer me wrong with that sort of advice. So I mean, it, it is a necessary evil. I, I had the idea that you should have two Twitter accounts. MRB said, <laughs> it, MRB said it was a bad idea, but I still think it's brilliant. And you can argue with yourself. That's what I thought. Anyway, continue. Uh, so if you want to find me on Twitter, it is Jack Pride. What is it? Oh, my God. I have to look up. My I think stuff. it's Jack number seven pride. Is it not? Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, that's how good I am at this stuff. Yeah, it's Jack pride. But the I is a seven. Oh, that's what it uh, is. Right, right, right. And then if you want to find me on Instagram where I'm the most active uh, mind of Jack pride and Jack pride has a Facebook account. So you can go find me there also. And damn tastic. Anything else? We got a couple more minutes here. Anything else you wanna you wanna say to anything or oh yeah, any bookings coming up? Uh just uh well this Friday, well, depends on this podcast. Basically, it's most pro- this, Fridays, is, this is this is probably gonna go up uh tomorrow afternoon slash evening, Thursday evening. Oh yeah. So uh in that case, tomorrow, Friday, I am wrestling uh first time Evan Rivers in Calgary for SW. Actually, quite excited about that match. Uh, he's super good, and I like to test myself against people who are super good. So that'll be fun. And then Saturday, uh, day off, Sunday, back in Edmonton for RCW. I'd be tagging with one Joseph Sager to take on Kat Von Hees and Mars the Specialist. I thought I was the only person that called her Joseph Sager. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, so that's uh, that's my immediate coming up. And then, of course, always last Friday of the month, Love Pro Wrestling. Uh, that's my it's my it's my number one in my heart. Uh, that's going to be a good show. Anarchy in the YEG on uh, yeah. on the 24th. Uh, the, that lineup is, is not finalized yet, but, man, there's already a lot of bangers on that show. Yeah, there's a lot of big oh, – just these shows keep getting, like, one-upping the previous one. Like, yeah. I everything about LPW is just – tremendous i love it right on all right uh thank you so much for doing this i apologize again i thought i had you on before but uh you're also welcome back anytime but uh thanks for hanging out with me hey thank you for having me on i really appreciate it and uh i i have to say i have to throw in before this ends i spent way too long like a few good hours trying to pick just the right songs because i love music so much and i wanted to share like I could have easily made a playlist yeah, just to sure. share for this podcast. Right on. Okay. Now I get the, uh, the dubious honor of the uh, picking the last song when we have time. Uh, of course, I love the punk rock um, and I search out new bands. I like to check out things going on on the web. And I was on the uh, punk subreddit the other day and I came across a band called Northbound Breakdown. It's super fast, super crunchy. It's kind of stuff that I like when I'm behind the wheel of the car or whatever. Uh, this song is called Vanity Mirror. The band is called Northbound Breakdown, so check it out if you dig it. Uh, I have no idea what's going to go on next week, but I'm hopefully we'll be back with somebody. Uh, thank you again, Mr. Pride. This is Vanity Mirror. This is Northbound Breakdown on the Pocket Powders Podcast, and we will talk to you all next week. <laughs>